Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me a drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm going to go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam, I give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. Debate night again. Yes, we're going to give you a little preview of that. We're going to talk about what happened with this COVID relief bill. And we know we have a funny video for you. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
you know I don't do things like, this is the only time this has ever happened. We've never seen this before. I, I, I genuinely don't like stuff like that because, I mean, history's a long time. Pretty much everything's happened before. But this might actually be the first time in the history of the United States of America where a vice presidential debate really, really, really matters. I mean, look, it, Mike Pence is the vice president. And this is nothing against the man. But the job itself is... Well, what is it? And what is it? It's the least important job that sounds really important in politics. Until it isn't. Only now, this has changed. Everything has changed this year because of... How can I put this delicately? The health of the Democratic nominee, the physical and mental well-being of Joe Biden. We've all seen it. This is not news. I'm not breaking anything to you. Joe Biden looks awful, sounds awful, and is clearly a man on decline. Decline while he's campaigning, mostly from his house, calling it a day by 9, 10 a.m. That's before, if God forbid he wins, which he could, you know, that's before he wins and strides into the Oval Office to sit down for a job that requires 17, 18 hours a day of work. And it's not all sitting at the, at the resolute desk signing off paperwork. It's speech after speech after speech after speech, travel after travel after travel, not just, you know, to, to, Me to New Mexico and back. All across the world, it is grueling, and there is nobody who thinks Joe Biden is going to make it four years doing it. He's going to have to quit, he, or God forbid, something worse. But he's just not going to make it. He's not able to make it. Well, that's kind of a big deal because then Kamala Harris takes over. You see, you and I have been spoiled in politics in general. I realize VPs have taken over before for, you know, under extreme circumstances. But in general, the VP's just kind of there, right? You know about Mike Pence. You probably like Mike Pence. But you don't really need him for anything. And in general, that would be the case with Kamala Harris. Only now, this woman could be president of the United States of America. And it's not just Republicans who know and acknowledge this. Democrats acknowledge this too. Democrats acknowledge this too. Therefore, everybody's going to watch tonight. Remember, you don't have to change the channel tonight either. You watch this debate right here on the first. And then stay because I have been told... <laughs> I can't confirm this yet, but I've been told after the debate, the best TV host in the world is going to be hosting the post-debate show. <laughs> Honestly, it's just a rumor now. I can't confirm or deny whether or not I'm, post I'm hosting the post-debate show right after the show, but it is what it is. Either way, back to, back to the task at hand. This one matters. It actually matters. And I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like your history teacher. You need to pay attention tonight. You do. You need to pay attention. This woman might be president of the United States of America. And I don't mean in the future someday. I mean a year? Could easily be a year. That woman could be sitting in the Oval Office. So pay attention tonight. And hope hope that Mike Pence 
comes with his game face on. I will be totally frank with you. I'm going to ask Dana Lash about this later. I don't know what I'm getting with Mike Pence in a debate. I know Mike Pence. Look, I've, I've talked to Mike Pence in person several times. I've spent p- time with Mike Pence. He comes off very well in person, comes off very well on camera. He has that perfect hair, good-looking dude, has a good presence, pretty reserved, pretty unassuming. I can see him being a great debater. I could see him being really bad. I will tell you, he's sharper than you think he is, but, and this is, there's a big but in this, does it translate to a nationally televised debate? You see, there are lots of people who are sharp in person, sharp in a room, but when that red light is on and they know America is watching, they don't do as well. Trump does real well there. Well, does Mike Pence? I don't know, but this is one of those times. Remember, now it matters. Now we need him to. Now we need him not to really show who he is. You know who Mike Pence is by now. We need Mike Pence to be maybe a little more aggressive than he normally is to make sure he exposes Kamala Harris. He's got to. He's got to. What are we going to see from Harris? I would guess we're going to see a boatload of stuff like this. The case against Donald Trump and Mike Pence is open and shut. There's a reason it has hit America worse than any other advanced nation. It's because of Trump's failure to take it seriously from the start. His refusal to get testing up and running, his flip-flopping on social distancing and wearing masks, his delusional belief that he knows better than the experts. All of that is reason, and the reason that an American dies of COVID-19 every 80 seconds. I love how she did that voice cracking thing. She's such a pro. I don't, if I sound like I admire it, I kind of do. I, look, you know I cheer for the bad guys sometimes. It's not like I want her to win, but I think every I can't, I can't do that, but I'm going to work on my voice cracking. No. No, I'm not. Nobody's going to buy that. Anyway, Mike Pence is going to have to defend himself tonight. He's going to be well ready to do it, but you can bet Kamala Harris is going to be coming at him about coronavirus all night long. Pence... He's going to be boned up. He's Mike Pence. We have made truly remarkable progress in moving our nation forward. We've all seen the encouraging news as we open up America again. More than three million jobs created in the last job report. Retail sales are rolling. And of course, the extraordinary progress in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and New Orleans, areas that just a matter of of uh, a month ago uh, were struggling under the weight uh, of this pandemic. In the affected areas, particularly the states down south that are seeing rising cases, we have no outstanding requests. But as I told the governors, we are ready at a moment's notice to surge personnel, to surge supplies, to expand capacity and to support uh, their health care response. Sounds right, doesn't it? And I'm not, not talking about the individual things he's saying or individual individual things she's saying, but he sounds like a man who cares, sounds like a man in control of the facts. I try to watch these people the way I view an undecided bill, voter as having watched them. I don't know. We're going to find out. 
There are going to be a lot of economic barbs thrown tonight. You see, Kamala Harris, there's no, there's no getting around this. And we really need Mike Pence to point this out tonight. Again, because she might be president soon. Kamala Harris is a pretty hard leftist. Now, don't get me wrong. And this may actually bail us out if she ends up being president one day. She's ambitious. She, the woman drips with ambition. Now, it's hurt her in her political career. She's trying to rise. Voters can smell that eventually, and it stinks. But she's somebody who will go along in order to rise. But her voting record? It's left. And it's hard, hard left. And she's going to take this economy in a hard left direction. She's going to come at Mike Pence about his. We'll see. Trump is also the reason millions of Americans are now unemployed. He inherited the longest economic expansion in history from Barack Obama and Joe Biden. And then, like everything else he inherited, he ran it straight into the ground. Because of Trump's failures of leadership, our economy has taken one of the biggest hits out of all the major industrialized nations with an unemployment rate that has tripled as of today. This is what happens when we elect a guy who just isn't up for the job. Our country ends up in tatters. Do you think people buy that? I understand you're upset right now. Don't be. Stop. This is my show. Don't get your blood pressure up. Throwing stuff at the TV. I don't think the people buy that. I, I don't know how much the American people are going to put the economic problems on Trump and Pence. I just don't know if they're going to buy that at all. But I guess we'll find out in November. Pence, rightfully so, he's out there saying, uh, who do you think created all those jobs to begin with? We're opening up America again. I know Wisconsin's opening back up again. I see the enthusiasm as I drove out to the farm today. And uh, uh, on the strong foundation that this president poured in our first three years, three years that saw the creation of three of, of seven million jobs, at, where we cut taxes, rolled back regulations, fought for free and fair trade, unleashed American energy. And the American economy is already coming back. In just the two months of May and June, more than 7 million jobs have been added to this economy. We lost 22 million at the height of the pandemic, but the American economy in the city and on the farm is coming back right here in Wisconsin and all over America. Put down the remote. You don't have to turn up your TV. There was something wrong with the sound. Don't worry about it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, Gold Alliance. I've been telling you about Gold Alliance. You saw what the Dow did, right? It dipped and then back. We are approaching an election real, real soon here. Do you have any idea what that stock market is going to do if this election goes a certain way? I know you do. Protect yourself now. Get a gold IRA from Gold Alliance now so you don't wake up the day after election day if the worst happens and look at your portfolio and go, uh, uh I need another job. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Uh-oh. 
I mean, maybe, uh-oh. Hopefully, uh-oh. I'm not even sure what to say anymore. Trump has authorized the total declassification of all documents pertaining to the Russian hoax and Hillary Clinton. He actually had this to say. He said, quote, I have fully authorized total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russia hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. No redactions with the exclamation point. I say, uh-oh, or maybe, uh-oh, because I'm trying to think of a best way to put this. How am I supposed to be hopeful at this point? I mean, the more we have revealed in this whole scummy thing, the worse Barack Obama and James Comey and John Brennan and Hillary Clinton look. The more revealed, the worse they look, and the better Trump looks. And still, who's in jail? Who's been indicted? Where are my indictments? I, what, what, I mean, what date do you have? I, hang on, let me... Man, my watch says October 7th. Hang on, that might not be right. Let me... Man, yeah, that's right. My phone confirmed it. It's October 7th. That seems like we're less than a month away from the election. Why do we not have indictments yet? What is the holdup? So I'm not even going to dwell on this. I'm not going to get excited. I know that once they declassify all this and this stuff comes out, I know it's going to make Barack Obama and Brennan and Comey and Clinton look even worse and look like blatant criminals. But until somebody does something to these people, don't expect me to get excited about it anymore. Stop telling me how mad you are, A.G. Barr. Show me. Show me. Somebody. In handcuffs, not some low-level, jerkwater FBI agent either. Somebody powerful, a decision-maker, in handcuffs, or I don't want to hear you yapping on TV anymore. Sorry. Trump postponed coronavirus relief bill. Quote, Nancy Pelosi is asking for $2.4 trillion to bail out poorly run, high-crime Democrat states. Money that is in no way related to COVID-19. We made a very generous offer of $1.6 trillion, and as usual, she is not negotiating in good faith. I am rejecting their request and looking to the future of our country. I have instructed my representatives to stop negotiating until after the election when, immediately after I win, we will pass a major stimulus bill that focuses on hardworking Americans and small business. Well, this is good news. The good news is this. They're going to stop spending money we don't have. I've never been as thrilled in my life as I am to hear that we have gridlock in Washington, D.C. Yes, I know Nancy Pelosi is weapons-grade scum. I understand that. Yes, I understand she wanted $2.6 trillion or 2.4, whatever it was, to absolutely bail out all these Democrat states who intentionally bankrupted their states about COVID. I know, every bad thing you could say about Nancy Pelosi, I agree. But let me give you a reality of life. And this is going to be a reality, so pay attention. A thousand years from now, historians are going to sit around and they're going to study the American empire. We'll be gone by then. Nobody lasts that long, besides the Romans. That's another point. But they're going to be studying the American empire, America's rise, America's fall. We're, we're that big. We're going to be studied. We're not one of these second-tier countries, so that's kind of cool. And when they look at the downfall of America, they are going to sit around with each other 
and laugh at the absolute insanity of just printing trillions and trillions of dollars in unbacked money. And they're going to see how it resulted in the complete destruction of the United States of America. And they're not going to believe it. It's going to be one of those things where you're going to get that revisionist history. You're going to have historians a thousand years from now saying, oh, I'm sure it wasn't unbacked. I mean, it was backed with something. And people are going to be all, no, I swear. They just printed it. Not, not backed with anything. They just, they just printed it off and acted like it was real. This money doesn't exist. What America needed was for real leaders to say, we're not shutting down the country for a virus with an over 99% survivability rate. Go back to work. That's what America needed. Instead, we got lockdowns and restrictions and masks and social distancing. And now we're buried in debt and people are out of work and their businesses are wiped out. And now we're supposed to beg for government checks. I'm sorry. I'm not begging for a government check. <laughs> tell you. Trump went on to say this. Quote, if I am sent a standalone bill for stimulus checks, $1,200, they will go out to our great people immediately. I am ready to sign that now. Are you listening, Nancy? No, she's not listening. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about people. You know that. Nancy Pelosi is going to find a way to get a massive wasteful stimulus bill passed that will pay off a bunch of people she loves, whether Trump gets elected again or not. I know she will, because they do it to us every single time. And we have Republicans who are unable or unwilling to stand up and say, we can't destroy America's financial system. Go back to work. There's your stimulus. Whatever. All right. Practice practice, practice. That's how you get good at everything, including shooting. And here's the thing, and I'm talking to you veterans out there, just because you were good does not mean you stay good. Take it from me. There was a period of time there where I just didn't want to go to the range. I was done with the whole thing. I went back and I'm looking and I'm thinking, what, what happened to my skills? You can practice at home now with iTarget. Did you hear me? You can practice at home now with iTarget. No more spending a fortune on ammo, on range fees. With iTarget, they'll send you a laser bullet, caliber of your choice, fits right in your weapon. They'll send you a mini target, put the app on your phone, and you practice right there at home. Go get your iTarget today. Go to iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Use the promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, president of the Security Studies Group, former Green Beret, Jim Hansen. Jim, I have to be honest, I feel like this background on my show really brings out my eyes. Do you? It's beautiful, dude, and it goes with your houndstooth jacket. It's a style that works for you, man. I'm digging it. Look, it does, doesn't work for anybody. Look, there are some people on this earth that can pull off anything. I'm probably one of those people. That's, that's all I can say. Jim... <laughs> You, by the way, you have a book people really, really need to read. I was combing through it last week. Tell people about it real quick first. The Myth of White Fragility. When, uh, when Trump was banning all that racist training in government uh, agencies and schools and stuff, 
Um, my book was out to explain prior to that what they're talking about. It's all the white privilege on steroids. All white people are racist and that stuff. Uh, it's garbage. There's no science or facts behind it. So just kill it. Jim, it's one of those things for stuff like that to take place in, you know, the Ivy League. I clearly did not get into the Ivy League, nor do I have any hope either of my sons are going to get into the Ivy League. It's another thing entirely to have that thing working its way through the United States military, which, as you and I both know, it is currently doing. How do we stop it? Why is it not stopped yet? I, I see these stories coming out of our new, kinder, gentler military man, and I, I'm horrified. Here's the best thing, dude. It's actually a racist set of training. Consequently, it violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That's the beautiful <laughs> irony of the whole thing. They managed to go so far overboard with this stuff that they literally are in violation of the Civil Rights Act. And so there's a bunch of people gonna end up suing them. That's the really brilliant thing, is it's so bad, it is lawsuit worthy. And the president's executive order told A.G. Barr to get ready for lawsuits based on this because of that. So that's how we're going to stop it, man. They broke the law. Okay, A.G. Barr, A.G. Barr is all over this. How is that supposed to inspire confidence in me? What has A.G. Barr actually done yet? Uh, you know, he's done a few things. I'll tell you what he has not done. He has not managed to light a big enough fire under Durham's butt to get those indictments that we all know are sitting there. There's enough information in the public domain right now that everyone agrees on, it's not even in dispute, that shows that the whole Trump-Russia coup was a criminal conspiracy. So he could be indicting any one of a dozen people. Now, what I think he's doing is he's rolling it up. The problem is Trump spent four years being abused by these people and never got a chance to see them punished in the way that the American people should before his reelection. So he got abused, he got smeared, he got cheated, he got crapped on by these people. They should be going to jail and it's not happening when it should have before the election. That's wrong. Should I be nervous about this being intentionally kicked down the road, Jim. You know, I don't, I don't like to be tinfoil on my hat guy, but when I see something taking this long, when all of a sudden all the bad people seem to be running out the clock, none of them seem to be that nervous. Turn on CNN tonight. I mean, if you're one of the two people who does, and you'll see, you know, James Comey on there or John Brennan on there. They don't seem to be like nervous people who are lawyering up, Jim. I know. I, I'm afraid you're right on that. And they're, they're doing what they did in 2016. They're assuming Biden's gonna win. You know, and they, they failed on that account when, uh, when Hillary got crushed. The problem they have now is if Trump wins this time, they're going all the way down. So they're, they're just, you know, they're whistling past the graveyard, hoping, you know, that Biden manages to stay upright until the election and that somehow, you know, the American people lose their mind and decide that that complete Muppet and Kamala Harris can run this country. If they do, those people probably will skate. If they don't, they're going down all the way. And that's just the way it's going to play out, unfortunately. What do you think? Now, look, I'm, I'm just, obviously, I don't want this to happen. Let's say Biden and Harris pull this off. We keep the Senate, Dems keep the House, which is not in any way unreasonable. The numbers say that's going to happen right now. I don't really believe it. But let's say that happens. What can they do? What will they do without the Senate? 
a lot less than they would with it, which is good. You know, they can't confirm a lot of people. They can't uh, pass a lot of stupid spending bills. There's a lot, you know, that you can do. And Cocaine Mitch uh, has shown that he knows how to use the power of the Senate, even as, you know, they, they try to, to use executive orders and other things. The other big advantage is because we're going to confirm uh, ACB to the Supreme Court, we will have a solid conservative majority, at least 5-4 with Roberts kind of flaky, but I you know 6-3 on a lot of stuff, and that'll stop them from doing some of the illegal executive orders. So they'll, they'll be dangerous, but it's not as bad as it would be. If they take the Senate, um, load magazines. Oh, jeez. You know, I, it's so funny to hear you say that because I had on my radio show this morning another Green Beret. All the Green Beret buddies I have, they're all saying the same thing. And it's making me nervous because you guys are always the ones I lean on. The Green Berets have to kick indoors and use their minds. And you guys are seriously, seriously worried about stuff that's coming. What's coming? Well, that, I, now here's the thing. I, I was a lot more worried in 2016 before we got Kavanaugh and Gorsuch on the court. All right, because if Hillary had gotten to make those two appointments plus Ginsburg, they'd be, you know, they'd have a big giant bottle of whiteout and they'd be redoing the Constitution start to finish. So we dodged a bullet there. Now, that doesn't mean we're not in trouble if Biden and, you know, the AOC squad socialist crew get in and are actually running things. Um, they will do. They will start looking at speech codes. They will make sure that all the training that Trump just banned gets put in as requirement. They will, they will do all the things that a socialist state wants to do, starting with control of every aspect of your life to the extent they can. And there's a lot you can do with just the power of the federal government. Jim, this debate tonight, I, I argued in the open, it's probably the first vice presidential debate in history that actually matters a lot because nobody actually thinks Joe Biden's gonna make it four years if Harris actually gets elected. Do you think Mike Pence can take Harris in a debate? And, and look, and I say this, obviously, I'm cheering for Mike Pence. I know Mike Pence is no idiot. I know he can speak. The woman's actually pretty good in a debate. Is Mike Pence going to be all right up there? I like Mike Pence. And like you said, he is a smart guy. I'm not sure he's got a killer instinct. So I hope yeah. at some point they put somebody in there who said stab her in the eye socket early. You know, and just rhetorically. Now, rhetorically, let's be clear. I don't expect Mike Pence oh. to pull out a Sykes-Fairbairn <laughs> dagger or anything like that. Although, no, but I, I think he needs to go in with the idea that she has so many weaknesses. You know, she is despised within her own party for all of the things she did putting black people in jail. So that's a weakness that she has. She's also essentially now the mascot for all the crazy AOC socialist crowd, the Bernie Sanders crowd and all that. And Pence needs to make her wear that. You know, are you guys gonna pack the court? Are you gonna do all this tax confiscation? Are you gonna redistribute wealth? Are you gonna put business regulations on everybody? Are you gonna keep the country closed for the next 50 years? You know, there's a lot of weaknesses and he needs to go out with a killer instinct, not a nice guy instinct. And I, and I, hope, he's, I hope he's got that in him. I think he probably does. Jim, do the American people care about foreign policy? And, and the reason I bring this up is it's obviously, look, if you're from a macro level of the Trump presidency, his foreign policy has simply been phenomenal. I mean, honestly, if you're a Democrat and can't admit that, you're a liar. It's, his foreign policy has been phenomenal. The successes are long. But I'm not sure if it actually helps with the American electorate to tout that that much. I don't think people care that much. Or am I just a cynic? 
No, unfortunately, you're right. The American people would rather ignore the rest of the world because America is so cool, we don't need them, you know? I mean, essentially, as long as we can buy and trade stuff and that happens without anybody blowing stuff up, America's happy all by ourselves. What Trump and, and Pence should be making the case for, the reason we can do that and chill, aside from the Rona, is because Trump's foreign policy was as effective as you said it was. He took it out of play. He said, I'm done with forever wars. I'm done with this stupid Arab-Israeli conflict. I'm gonna make them get along. You know, he said all of these things that have been just making us crazy for decades, I'm through with it. And he managed to make it happen. They should make the point that is off the table because he was successful. Give him one more term, he'll fix America. You know, he'll get the crazy people out of it, he'll fix the Democrat cities, and he'll make the world a better place inside our borders where we actually care. Jim Hansen, Security Studies Group. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Always good to be with you. Now, what's your biggest financial vulnerability? The biggest one you have. It's your home. It's your home. And if you have your home and you don't have home title lock, it's like taking all the money you have in a briefcase and just chucking it on the front lawn and leaving it there overnight. That's how vulnerable you are. That's how easy it is for these cyber thieves to break in, hack into your home title, steal it, forge your signature on it, go take a loan out against it, and you have to pay that loan back. I can't emphasize this enough. Your home insurance is not going to pay that loan back. You are either going to pay it or you're going to have to spend tens of thousands of dollars with a lawyer to fight it in court or you're getting evicted. You don't need that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. HomeTitleLock.com and sign up. Use the code RADIO. Get 30 days free. We'll be back. Joining me now, a face that is probably quite familiar to you on this network, host of The Dana Show, Dana Lash. Dana, before we get to all the VP debate stuff, I might as well let you just have it out about Van Halen. I was never a big Van Halen fan, but I know you are like the rock fan, so just get it all out now. God love you for this. Eddie Van Halen, rest in peace, was like such an original, and he was like one of the only people who did not need a vocalist in studio because his finger work was so amazing. He could just fill the space with awesomeness. And he was, it, there was testosterone. It was fun. It was rock. It was punk. And I hate to think that it might be the end of the era, uh, end of an era, but I don't know. I hope we have more Eddie Van Halen's in the future, but man, music is not going to be the same. God bless America. Hold on, hold on. For those of us who don't speak music nerd, what does that mean? His his finger work was so good, he doesn't need a vocal. I don't know what any of those words mean. He's an amazing guitar player, and so you didn't need, I mean, it's, you didn't, I mean, while David Lee Roth was amazing, and I pretend that Sammy Hagar wasn't in the band ever, uh, he was <laughs> such a great guitar player that he didn't need anybody else to, you, you, it was one of those people where you're like, you know what, more guitar, I'm totally fine with it. No more vocals, let's just have more guitar. It was just so good. He okay. was just, that's what I mean. It was just awesome. Okay, see, see, we got to make you a mixtape now. I can understand this. See, I understood that part. I understood that part. All right. We have this VP debate tonight. I think everybody yeah. knows what they're getting with Kamala or Kamala, whatever her name is, because we just got off all these Democrat debates. You know what you're getting. It's going to be that fake, horrible laugh, and it's, it's going to just be awful. 
But I find Pence to be the most intriguing part of this. I've actually met Mike Pence. You know, I kind of know the guy. I don't know how he is at debating. How is he? Is he any good? I would imagine that he is. I mean, he's had, he's held elected seats and he's done radio before. So I, I'm pretty sure he can hold his own. I think, I, I, and he can be assertive without seeming mean. The only time that I ever kind of saw him somewhat grumpy was when he was in, and it was like, it, it was epically done. He was in a bomber jacket and he was at the DMZ and he was glaring at North Korea, like the whole country, all of their leadership, North Korea, just across the DMZ. And that that was pretty cool. I don't think that there's anybody who's nicer on planet Earth, except maybe the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, mm -hmm. Mike Pence is just like really nice, and he. What are they gonna What are they gonna say against him, Jesse? Like, oh well, you and your happy marriage, and your you and your Christianity. I mean, what? Well, that they might do the latter. But what What can you? You can't really. Are they? Is, is Kamala gonna try to go at him over the coronavirus response? Because he was head of the coronavirus task force. Pretty sure he's probably gonna know eons more about it than she is. So it's gonna be a weird matchup because she's very assertive slash aggressive and he is just very amiable. And, but that's not to say at all that he is like a yes man or a pushover. He just knows what he believes and he knows how to get things done pleasantly. Whereas I don't think she does so much. Do you think a man, obviously I, I know you're not exactly the, the, the type that gets offended and everybody knows I'm not either, but do you think there is a real danger when a man debates a woman and you're not talking to people like you and I, you're trying to talk to the middle of the road voter, is there a danger of being too assertive, too mean? I mean, Trump certainly didn't hold back with Hillary, but can he go too far if he has to scold her on something? No, I don't think so. I, I, and to, I, I think too, because she's so aggressive and you touched on something that is, is really psychologically very interesting in the male-female dynamic, particularly in politics, because whenever women are, when they're, whenever they, they are aggressive and usually fail in a debate, then it's, you know, they push back on the men by saying, well, it's, you know, I, the men were, they, they, maybe he was trying to be intimidating. That's what Hillary Clinton did with Donald Trump. It's Hillary Clinton for crying out loud. I mean, she, I, she's like one of the most aggressive women on on planet earth i mean everything that she did to try to move an election in her favor is testament to that um but i i don't think that that's going to be a successful defense for uh, uh kamala harris i always have to think before i say her name uh, because i want to say kamala so badly but i don't think that's going to be a successful defense for her because she is she hasn't really played that card before and she, it just, it would completely undermine her whole empowered, strong woman uh, representation by saying, oh, well, this very nice vice president uh, and, and contender was, was mean to me on stage or disagreed with me. I mean, you kind of know that when you're rolling up to a debate, it's welcome yeah. to the Thunderdome. And if you can't swing, then get out. That's just how it is. I still can't quite wrap my mind around why she didn't work, Dana. I mean, maybe you know. I, I thought, I, full disclosure, I look like an idiot now. I thought she was going to win that primary. I mean, she speaks really well. She was an attorney. She's pretty hot, especially for a senator. She presents herself well. I, I thought, you know, I thought these things were, well, I mean, look, it's a television product. I, I think it matters. And she just flamed, and I can't wrap my mind around why. That's a good point. She... Originally, I think her law and order background as top cop for California was it it always seemed like it was handled and uh, by the Democrat Party as being a negative against her. They really tried downplaying it. Now, she was she a good AG? No, she was a heinous AG. She was horrible. 
uh, she packed the prisons and she went after low-level charges while those uh, higher-level repeat offenders would get wrist slaps because there were harder cases to go after. So I think she was a bad AG. However, the fact that she was the AG of California, that turns off a lot of people in the Democrat base, uh, particularly those who think that we should just have a lawless country as evidenced by all the stuff that we see in the streets. And so Democrats really kind of downplayed that. I think too much too far and when all of the stuff with the riots and everything and, and when that all kicked off and when they really started getting grilled as to and i by they i mean harris and biden as to how they would respond to the riots that only then did democrats bring up her background well kamala harris kamala harris has experience in dealing with this well she probably would have i think she had a really good chance at being vp uh, she gets on well with the Obamas. We know that they preferred her. They liked her. And she can handle her own on a stage uh, when it's highly competitive with other men. She seems to be one of those women who struggles in, in competing against other women, which is why she, when she went up against Tulsi Gabbard, she fell apart every time Tulsi Gabbard went after her. It was, so, it was to the point where I was like, is, she, is Tulsi trying to be Joe Biden's VP? Because that's when she was at her worst, when she had to go up against other women. She could just she would, could fight with the dudes just as good as anybody. Um, but with the other women, she didn't do so well. And so I think that she was looked at as being too aggressive and um, her top cop background was a negative. And I think all of that with what Democrats expect of a candidate worked together to do her in. What's with this Obama love for Kamala? And I guess, you know, two-part question, what is with them and Joe, and Joe Biden? I understand nobody's ever going to look at Joe Biden and think, wow, I'm, I'm proud I picked this guy. Because he's kind of, you know, his brain is tapioca by now. But he was still yeah. Barack Obama's vice president for eight years. That's not a small thing. I found that thing to be bizarre. Is there some rift there we never heard about? Their relationship is a weird one. And I get the sense that mm. it was always only ever transactional. I, I think that mm. Barack Obama is too uh, afraid to lose any political capital or any popularity at all whatsoever by going too hard for Joe Biden. Uh, Michelle Obama, her saying what she did, she mostly, the video that she released, she mostly attacked Trump and said very little about Joe Biden or even um, Kamala Harris. But with with Obama, he didn't, I, I he, He's never really been a team player. I mean, remember when he left office, he built this. He took what Howard Dean had done and they uh, they expanded it. This amazing digital apparatus that would uh, get people in, register them to vote, network them. They had net roots on his watch, all this stuff. And then when he left office, it's like he took all of that with him. He took basically the ingredients for the structure, for the lack of a better way to put it, and all of the momentum and the minds and started doing his own thing. And Democrats were just kind of left floating out, floating out there in the current. They really did not have the benefit of what Obama had built. So he's he's never really been a team player ever, uh, and he's always had short coattails. I mean, we remember back in in 2010, the midterm elections. I mean, for crying out loud, he lost the House. His coattails couldn't take anybody over. And this was after they had a majority in in, in the Senate and and in the House, and they ran everything. Um, and so to this. He does not want to spend any political capital. He wants to go down in history as being the cool president, the one that everyone likes. And to get too far into Joe and Kamala and push them too much is to spend some of that. 
And I don't know what he's waiting for because this is the time that you spend that influence. Uh, and I'm not sure when he'll get another chance to do it. But it's it seems it's kind of selfish. And it just goes to show that Democrats, they're committing political seppuku here because, I mean, Jesse, where is their young guns bench? Who are the people that are coming up after Joe Biden? I mean, seriously, I, you, I, you saw the people on stage as much as I did. They're old and tired. I'm glad you brought this up because I, 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 everybody thinks I'm an insensitive jerk for bringing it up, which of course I am. But Joe Biden is 9,000 years old and Nancy Pelosi is like two minutes younger than Joe Biden. I'm not insulting old people, but you have to have somebody younger than that coming up and they have nobody. That psychopath AOC or Omar, who's probably going to be in federal prison soon. They don't have anybody who's young. No, and all of the people that seemed kind of, I don't want to say moderate, but at least appealed to the moderates, they ran out. They ran out of the party. I mean, they ran people like Tulsi Gabbard. I always told conservatives when I see them cheering her on Twitter, I'm like, why are you doing this? She's the most dangerous thing that they have right now because she makes, she's a socialist and tries to, and makes it look appealing because she agrees with you on just like three things. They ran her out of the, out of contention. They pretty much ran her out of the party. No one hears anything about Tulsi Gabbard anymore. So uh, yeah, it, it is, uh, all of this now it is all on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's shoulders, and it's theirs to lose. I think that he's going to end up kind of being like the John McCain. It's going to be like the McCain-Palin situation uh, back in 08, and I think that's what that's what they're looking at. I I, I do. It's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Catch her on the Dana Show, Dana Lash. Appreciate it, ma'am. Good to see you as always, Jesse. Now, we obviously have. Uh, a funny video for you, and this one is near and dear to my heart, so hang on, we'll be back. Raccoons. They were, at one point in my life, the bane of my existence because we were always outdoors, and they were always into something, always knocking over the trash cans, and then my old man's all, go pick up the trash, the coons got in it again. It's, it's a nightmare, it's a nightmare. So when I saw Joe Johns getting assaulted on camera by the raccoons, my heart went out to the guy. Get! There he is. Ah! Now, no events on the president's schedule today, and important to say, the White House, yeah, especially from the damn... Frickin' raccoons, man. God, again, this is the second know. time. Jesus. <laughs> I get the trap now. Look, they're persistent little buggers. Trash pandas. All right, remember, debate tonight. You don't have to change the channel. And post-debate, you get to see me give you all the live post-debate coverage. You're welcome. I'll see you then. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit.
That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.